TJ, you know, we couldn't get Taylor Swift. We couldn't get T Swift, but I think we could get a goat. I think we could get a goat here. And let's be real. The goat really is the star of that video. I, yeah. Welcome to church. We talk about goats. It's united. All, all the high school and college age just together to say, what up, middle schoolers? On three, one, two, three. What up, middle schoolers? Yeah, you know, we're here all the time. Like high school and college, like they've got their own seat, right? They've got like a, a seat, like reserved, like butt impression, like it's theirs and, and they just own it. And you guys aren't with us every week, but it's good to have you united once a month. Uh, do we have, I think we have notes. Can you guys wave those notes around for me? And uh, there you go. They're green. They glow in the dark. They don't. But it would be cool if they did. And uh, welcome to church. We're going to be hanging out together this, um, the rest of the night for the most part. And uh, we're going to use those. So uh, hold on to them. And if you are new to Remnant or you haven't been here in a while, we're talking about something called The Voice. Who has seen the show, The Voice? Okay, good. Take that and just set that aside. We're not quite going to have all the superstar celebrities here, but uh, there's some connections. There's some connections. But the big idea is hearing from God. Hearing from God. And so with, with only that introduction, I want you to watch this next video clip and, and wonder to yourself, what does hearing from God have to do with this? Take a look. Do you guys hear God right now? <laughs> no, no, it, it's not schizophrenia. It's just a voice in my head. I mean, the voice isn't telling me to do anything. It's, it's telling me what I've already done accurately and with a better vocabulary. Mr. Crick, you have a voice speaking to you. No, not, not to me about me. I, I'm, I'm somehow involved in some sort of story, like I'm a character in my own life. But the problem is that the voice comes and goes, like there are other parts of the story not being told to me, and I, I need to find out what those other parts are before it's too late. Before the story concludes... No. <laughs> so let me tell you what happens. Uh, it goes on, and basically at the end of the video, um, the lady says, so just to be clear, you have a voice in your head. And he goes, yes, what do you think I should do? And she says, you should take prescription pills. And, uh, and he is convinced that it's, it's not schizophrenia, but if, if you're here and you don't come to church very much, um, you might be thinking similar to the doctor, right? Like, okay, so we're talking about hearing from, like, God, that God that we can't see and touch, like... That sounds like something you should take pills for. And you think it's crazy. Uh, but the other group of you, you do come to church and you do believe in God or, or you are at least open to the idea. And, and you might be thinking more about what Will Ferrell said that, man, I, I feel like I do hear something, but it feels like I'm missing parts of the story. And this, the voice kind of comes and goes. And sometimes I hear from God and sometimes I don't. And so... Um, I'm excited because either, either side, okay, whatever side you find yourself on tonight, there is something here for you. So um, we're going to see what happens now in this next clip when Will Ferrell, later on in the movie, the voices stop and he can't seem to get them back. And here's how he reacts. Kleenex box. 
something! Say something! Say something! So he has a little bit of a freak out moment. And, um, you know, what's funny as, as I watch that, I, I don't know about you, but for me, I could relate. Like I haven't thrown a lamp across the room recently, but what I do know is there have been times where I, I've, I remember hearing God speak and, and I needed him to speak again. I had to make a big decision or I'm trying to understand something. And then I, he's just not there. Like he used to speak in a certain way. And so maybe it was like this one verse. I used to always go to this verse and God would say something. And so I went back to that verse. I grabbed the toothbrush and he's not speaking that same way. Or, or maybe like God always spoke when I came and I listened to that song in worship. And I put that song on and I would hang out in that one place with all my friends. And we'd pray. And, and that used to be the way God spoke. And I tried that again, but God isn't there either. And so if you're here and you're like, I just, the things that used to work to hear God don't work anymore you're in good company because it's not just will ferrell in a movie it's not just the guy up in front it's actually the people next to you if man if we're being honest with ourselves there's moments where maybe more often than not we're trying to hear from god and we just can't and there was something that worked in the past and maybe it's not working now and so um to catch you up to speed we've been talking about this for a couple weeks this is our third week talking about the voice and rather than like pull out all the notes and say, all right, if you look to page three, here's what we learned. I'm going to just need a little example to help us um, sort of summarize all the things that we've said to this point and give you sort of a Cliff Notes version. So um, I need two volunteers, but one's already picked. Where is, um, I think Greer, where's Greer? Is she still around? Come on up, Greer. And, uh, and Nolan has, um, a, we're going to need this piece of uh, equipment, very special. Do you want to grab your volunteer and introduce them for us? Where is my volunteer? I don't know where she went. You need to track her down. Him. Right there. Her. Oh, nice. Give her a big, what's her name? Hannah Reagan. Hannah Reagan. Give her a big hand. Okay, so for this um, experiment, I mean illustration, we're going to need you to wear this equipment. So Nolan's going to equip you. Um, Go ahead, Nolan. Very nice. Very nice. She looks good, yeah? She's looking good. Okay. Very stylish. So um, Greer, you are going to, in a moment, kind of interact with Hannah. And Hannah... Um, can you hear us right now? Yeah. You're just going to need to respond to her questions. Okay. So, so when, uh, yeah, you can just clamp them on there. Nice. You're good. Okay. Excellent. It, you're hearing something? Hearing music? No. No. Okay, what go is, ahead. And, what is she supposed to hear? So now we're going to pump some music into your ears, okay? And you're just going to, you can dance if you want. You're on the dance team. That might make sense. You don't have to, but just listen and enjoy it. And you're going to try really hard to answer her questions, okay? So Greer, you can speak as loud or as soft as you want. And we can hear the question, obviously. But I don't know if Hannah will. And Hannah, you have to answer Okay, so she's going to hold the mic to you, and you have to respond. So, Greer, when you're ready, you can go with the first question as loud or as quietly as you like. Was that me? No, I think that was the, yeah, the voice. Okay. You're good. Am, am I good? Mm-hmm. Am I ready? <laughs> Give an example of gravity. What? I <laughs> Give an example of gravity. Um... When the gravitational pull of the earth, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is good. This is good. What can you put in your oatmeal? I can put grapes in my oatmeal. So what can you put in yours? I have no idea what you said. (laughs) Oatmeal. What can you put in it? I can put grapes in mine. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what you say. I'm, I'm going to move on. Let's move on. One more, I think. How do you say yes and no at the same time? No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you want to ask her one more time? 
How do you say yes and no at the same time? I don't know. <laughs> All right, you can take them off. Let's give her a big hand. Good job, good job. All right, you can give the special equipment back to Nolan. And Nolan, you want to help us? Just what was what was it that she was uh, hearing and enjoying back there in her own little world? <laughs> Is that a goat? Okay. I think what we're trying to do tonight is see if every piece of technology can just perfect storm fail in one, one talk. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to come to fruition for us. So, you know, I don't know if you'll get to hear it, but, um, how many of you know who Adele is? Okay. Adele. Yeah. So Hannah was rocking out to Adele, like remixed with like dubstep and like all this other cool stuff. And, uh, that's all right. We don't need it. And so she was rocking out and enjoying that. And at the very same time, she was trying to hear Greer's very, uh, intense questions. And, um, Hannah, you did a great job, but some of the questions were yes and no. And some of them were a little more like open-ended, like what can you put in your oatmeal? <laughs> and, uh, she didn't really know how to respond. And so what we wanted to show visually is what can happen in your relationship with God and my relationship with God. Um, when we try to hear him. So let me just nod if you agree. Was Greer talking to Hannah? Yes. Um, <laughs> could Hannah hear Greer? Sometimes. Yeah, I think sometimes is accurate or part of the message. And, and so when we sometimes don't hear God, it's not necessarily because God's not speaking to us. And so the past couple of weeks, we've talked about that. Like, what do you mean? If God was speaking, I think I would hear him, right? God's not like my annoying little brother or my little sister or my parents. Like, I can zone them out. But I think the voice of God would be pretty hard to miss. And in reality, it's actually pretty easy to miss. And so what we talked about is, um, you know, it might not be Adele that you're listening to, but without putting headphones on in the morning, you and I walk around in our life and there's stuff getting pumped into our ears. There's stuff that we are sort of forced to listen to. And sometimes we turn the volume down and other times we turn the volume up. And those other voices are things like uh, our boyfriend, okay, boyfriend, our girlfriend. And we listen to them because we like them. But if the volume is turned up so high on their voice, it can be really easy to not hear anybody else. Some of you, I won't ask for names, but you know that you've seen, a, a, let's say, um, fellas, you watch your friend get like a girlfriend that he's wanted for so long. Okay, so girlfriend comes into the life and all of a sudden he's got no time for you, right? Like if the choice is hang out with girlfriend or hang out with you and play video games, he might be picking her when he used to pick you. And so the same, the same kind of thing can happen in our relationship with God is all of a sudden we find ourselves distracted by other things and we choose everything else and we don't choose God. And so that's what we spent the majority of time talking about is like we, we can sometimes slip into thinking, I don't hear God because God's not speaking. That, that makes sense. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. Like God is speaking more than you and I even realize, but sometimes it's hard for us to hear him. So tonight is about how do we, how do we hear? How, how do we hear this God? Maybe he has something I want to hear and, and maybe he doesn't, but how would I even go about that? And so we're going to look at a story in the Bible and it's first Kings. So if you have your yellow Bible, you can pull it out. There's some under the seats and everyone should be looking at a Bible either paper, digital, somewhere. Maybe you've got it memorized. You can just tap into that memory spot in your brain. The page number is going to be First Kings, and the chapter that you need is 19. So page 277, 277, and it's in the Yellow Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, this is just, man, Christmas has come early for you, and you get to keep this one. And uh, it's a pretty sweet Bible. Actually, in the front, the first, like, 10 pages tell you how to read the Bible because it's unlike some other books you've read. But keep this and uh, keep that open. And here's what I want to do. I've said this before, but when you just open up to a story in the Bible, it can be like stepping into your, you know, a, your TV show halfway through. It can be like stepping into a movie that's already started. And if you don't understand what's come before 
then it's hard to understand what you find yourself watching or listening to. And so what I want to do is give you just a nutshell, little snapshot of what's happened in this story before we start. And so here is what you need to know. The book is called First Kings, and if the title is any hint, what is it going to be about? Kings, right? Yeah, kings. And these kings were people that were very powerful. And it would almost be like presidents in our day, okay? And so these kings, the Bible records that some of them were great, and some of them were not so great. And here was how you determine that. They were good kings if they helped their people follow God. And they were not good kings if they didn't help their people follow God. And the way that they would determine that is some of these kings would say, people, here's the God we're going to worship. And then they would like carve something and say, ta-da, this is what we're going to worship. This is our new God. He's made out of that piece of wood that used to be that tree over there. And they would worship these things. And, and then other times they would say, no, 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 there's only one true God. And so we're going to worship that God. But the Bible records that there were good kings and there were bad kings. And the story of first kings tells some of those stories. So we're going to look at one that was not good. And the way that um, that we're going to start is by looking at a guy named Elijah. So everyone say Elijah. One, two, three. Elijah. Elijah was the man. And um, he was what we call a prophet. And uh, a prophet is just a fancy word for saying he was a spokesperson for God. God would give their prophet, the prophets, a message, and they would carry that message to the people. And God wasn't the only one who had prophets. These false gods that the bad kings encouraged people to worship, those false gods had their own prophets. And so in this story, what you're going to see is that God calls Elijah, and he says, Elijah, I want you to go have a battle with the false prophets. And so he sends him like right into kind of like the belly of the beast, okay, where all these people worship different gods. And so he says, you're going to go in and you're going to battle these false prophets in a very specific way. And so he's, he says, call all the people together, all the people of Israel, okay? So imagine you, all your friends, all of Paulsbo, they gather downtown Paulsbo. And it's like, imagine this is the biggest event and then Paulsbo. Is that like, um, is that Viking Fest? Yeah, it's a Viking Fest, okay? Boom. Instead of a parade, there's going to be a prophet showdown, okay? So prophet showdown, it would be like um, we show up there and there's two camps of people. There's people that believe in God and there's people that believe in everything else. And so this guy, Elijah, stands up and he says, listen, people of Israel, listen, people of Paulsbo, for too long, you've kind of gone back and forth. Sometimes you believe in the one true God and sometimes you believe in everything else and the false gods. And so if God is real and he's true, believe in him. If he's not, believe in everything else. And we're going to put that to the test today. And so he's, he does this incredible, crazy thing in chapter 18, and we can't read all of it. But here's basically what happens. He says, bring two bulls to me. Okay, that would be weird in, uh, in Viking Fest. Bring me two bulls. We're going to build an altar. And we're going to see whether your God listens to you and sends down fire and consumes this whole altar Or whether my God will listen to me and send fire down and consume this altar. And so the story is is just crazy. And so here's what happens. The the false gods and their prophet says this. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. And they called on the name of Baal until from morning until noontime, shouting, Oh, Baal, answer us. Baal is one of the false gods. You'll see that name come up over and over again. Oh, Baal, answer us. The Bible says there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar they had made. Okay, you just picture this. They're calling out, Baal, Baal, Baal. No answer. And then they start hobbling and like dancing around the altar. Still no answer. And they did this from morning until noontime. And then at about noontime, Elijah starts to basically make fun of them and says this, you have to shout louder for surely he is a God. And I think we might have this. Do we have this on the screen? Uh, for surely he is a God, lowercase g. Perhaps he is daydreaming. And my favorite part, perhaps your God is relieving himself. I mean, we catch that, right? Like this is the Bible. And Elijah is basically telling these guys like, yo mama jokes. Okay, so perhaps he is relieving himself. Or maybe he's away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be wakened. 
So they didn't get very excited about that. Here's the way they respond. So they shouted louder. And following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood, and this is hard for me to say because I don't like blood. They cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but there was still no sound, no reply, no response. Awkward, right? Like, I mean, they didn't lack commitment. I mean, here they are like cutting themselves. They spent their whole day. And here's one of the reasons that the one true God was not okay with these people worshiping false gods, because this was a normal practice to worship. If you're new to church, you came in here tonight and you saw people like up on stage and singing and, and it, you know, it wasn't Taylor Swift, just, it wasn't Justin Bieber, but people like singing and dancing and you're like, that's a weird way to worship. For these guys, it wasn't uncommon to worship their false gods by cutting themselves, injuring themselves. And in some cases, child sacrifice was worship. And so the one true God says that is not the way to live. That is not okay. And so he calls them to worship himself. But in this like epic showdown, now it's Elijah's turn. Okay, And we pick up the story right after this happened. So here's what happened when Elijah takes the stage. Elijah sees what their God doesn't do. And he has his altar over here. And the Bible says that he says, hey, before we start, bring some water over, bring these big jugs of water. And so they bring big jugs of water and they dump it on the altar. Okay. Remember the God is supposed to send fire down and consume this thing. And so to dump water on top of this is going to make that harder. And he says, okay, um, do that one more time. And so they bring four big gallons and they dump water on again. And he says, okay, before we start one more time. So three times they dump water all over this altar. And the Bible says that it started to fill a trench all around it. So there's water on top, there's water all around. And then here is what takes place. After they had done this, and they'd done it a third time, uh, immediately, after uh, Elijah had prayed, it says, Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Crazy. I don't know if you've ever thought this uh, to yourself or you tell your friends, like, I wish Jesus could just show up right now and do something crazy and prove to you that He's God. I wish God would just do something insane. Like we saw the meteor in Russia the other day. Like I wish God would just send a meteor and it would be like at a sporting event with like the flag behind it that says like, hey, I'm God. Like meteor goes across the sky. Like just wanted to make that really clear. It's pretty much what's happening here, right? It doesn't get much more clear than this. And yet people still didn't believe. And so God, God punishes those false prophets Those false prophets die. They're they're killed. And then Elijah, okay, superstar prophet of the real God, catches wind that there's a, a ruler who wants to kill him. And so he runs away. And that's where we start our story tonight. Okay, he's running away. And so if you have your Bible, open it up. And uh, we're going to start in verse 1 of chapter 19. Verse 1. The title is Elijah flees to Sinai. And, um, Actually, let's start at verse 9, okay? So Elijah runs away, and after he's run away, God speaks to him. Here's what it says. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Now, let me describe what here is, okay? Elijah ran away, and if you were to jump back up, we don't have time to read all of this. But when Elijah ran away, he ran away to a cave And the Bible says this, he fled for his life. And once he got to a place that he liked, he curled up and he has this conversation with God. Okay? I want you guys to focus in for just a second. Think about for a moment what you did yesterday. Just think about it. You don't got to tell anybody. Did some chores, didn't do some chores, did some homework, didn't do some homework, whatever. Okay, Elijah yesterday (laughs) called down fire from God. (laughs) That was his yesterday. That's like Elijah gets on Facebook today. What are you up to, Elijah? 
oh, no big deal, just kind of like enjoying my victory over all those false prophets where I burned up some stuff. Okay, so that was yesterday. And today, he has this conversation with the Lord. I've had enough, God. Take my life, for I am no better than those who have already died. Elijah, all of a sudden, has gotten afraid. And so he runs away. He runs away and he has this conversation with God. It would be better for me to die. And so, the next thing that we hear God say to Elijah is this. Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I want us to pick up on the fact, like, God knows where Elijah is, okay? God's not, like, surprised at where Elijah is. And God doesn't wait for Elijah to, like, clean himself up and go into, like, a special temple and, like, do some sacrifices and then he'll talk. God shows up right there, okay? I want, I want you to think about your life for a second and think about the moment when you were the farthest from God. Maybe it's tonight. Like you literally ran away from God. You know what direction God is and you went the opposite way. This isn't the one direction. <laughs> this isn't the first time this has happened in a Bible character story, right? Literally, God's that way, I'm going that way. And God doesn't like send a messenger, hey, tell Elijah to come over to me. No, God just shows up and my perspective would be, God, talk some sense into Elijah, okay? Smack him around a little bit. Lecture him. Give him like a five-point sermon on why he's wrong. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Here's what God says to Elijah. What are you doing here? What are you doing in this place physically? Physically, why are you here? You see, every other time that God had talked to Elijah about where to go, it was on purpose. It was for a reason. Go and battle those prophets. Go and represent me to these people. Go and carry this message. This was the first time that we hear Elijah went somewhere that God didn't ask him to go. He went somewhere out of fear. Second thing, like, think about this question. Hey, Elijah, what are you doing in this place emotionally? Like, emotionally, why are you in the place you are? Why are you upset? Why are you afraid? Mentally, what are you doing here? Why are you thinking those things about me? Why are you thinking those things about yourself? And I, I say all that because tonight, if you are running away from God, if you are doubting God, if you are afraid of the future, God has a way of showing up right where we are and asking that same question to us. Hey, Lance, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? So that's, that's our first question tonight. And maybe you'll jot that down in your notes. But we want to see how Elijah responds, okay? So God asked that question, what are you doing here? And uh, I think no one's going to pull up Elijah's response. Here's what he says. He replied to God, I have zealously served the Lord. Basically, I've been, in, I've been faithful. I've been faithful, God. But the people of Israel broke their covenant, their promise. They tore down your altars and they killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Let's, let's pull apart this conversation. Elijah performs incredible miracle. To me, it would be unlike the ESPN highlight reveal of the Bible. Okay? The very next day, Elijah's curled up like a little baby saying, Take me now, God. And God shows up, doesn't, doesn't argue, asks him a question. And Elijah's response is this. God, I've done what you asked me to do. And your people are messing things up. And your people are going to kill me just like they killed everyone else. But here's what I want us to pick up on. Elijah knew that part of that wasn't true. Elijah knew that not all the prophets of God had been killed. But he felt that way. Okay? Okay? Elijah knew that there were still prophets that were honoring God out there. But he felt alone. And, and so as I think about this, man, we do this all the time. God, I'm the only one who has a family like this. God, I'm the only one in a relationship trying to be pure. God, I'm the only one who's struggling with this. 
Is that true? No. Does it feel true? You better believe it feels true. And that felt true for Elijah. But last week we we talked about this, that sometimes when God speaks, we only want to hear part of it. And in this instance, Elijah is only remembering about half the story. Did they kill some prophets? Yes. But interestingly, Elijah only remembers the dark side of this whole experience. He doesn't say, hey God, um, I'm here because your people are messed up and, and these people, they killed your, your representatives. And I know that like you killed and you respond with like 450 of their prophets being punished. He leaves that whole part out. Elijah, because of his fear, forgot how faithful God was. Because of his fear, he forgot the good things that happened. And that will happen to you and to me when we find ourselves in dark places. We only want to remember dark things about God. Elijah totally forgets this whole important part of the story. And and then he says something that I think we all are going are gonna to really appreciate. So check this out. The story goes on. God asks Elijah the question, why are you here? Elijah responds, well, your people are messed up and I did what you wanted. And basically you let me down. And then God basically says this, and you're going to read it in just a second. God basically says, can I show you something? Can I show you something? Okay? Remember, not a lecture, not a sermon, not sending a message through someone else. Here's what happens. Okay, so open up your Bible. You still have it, maybe. Page 277. Verse 11. Here's what God says to Elijah. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But, everyone say, but, but, (laughs) the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Some of you guys have heard this this phrase. A gentle whisper. That God speaks in a gentle whisper. And this is where it comes from. Okay? God asks Elijah... Can I show you something? Can I demonstrate something for you? And he brings these things in front of Elijah, but God's presence wasn't in those big things. I don't know about you, but something about a terrible blast feels big. (laughs) The rocks are torn loose. Um, It says this, that after that, God wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. How many of you have been in an earthquake? Yeah, not fun. Not fun. After the earthquake, there was a fire. I don't, I don't know if you like picture this, but I just picture being like near a cave and earth like shaking, and then all of a sudden like boom, fire everywhere. I don't know, just crazy. You'd think that would get your attention, and it got Elijah's attention, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then something about this next thing caused Elijah to stand up and respond. Verse 13 says, When Elijah heard the gentle whisper, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. So he responded to that gentle whisper. You know, tonight, um, I, I think what we've heard a lot from this story, if you've been in church and people talk about this story, they say, God's not in the big, noisy, loud things of life. And, and maybe symbolically for you, that might be like, Something big and loud and noisy is your friend gets into a car accident and it just rocks your world. I I just want to say, I think God can reveal himself in that and does. And maybe something crazy happens in your life that involves an actual fire. I know people in this room who've been through fires and their house burnt down. Can God speak through that? Yeah. But the point is that for Elijah and for a lot of us, We need to know that God will speak through gentle whispers. God will speak through gentle whispers. 
And so tonight, I, I wanted to think of a way, like, how can we remember that? How can we, how can we think about that in a way that's going to last beyond tonight? And so uh, I'm going to use this image that, that maybe is, is not as, um, as important right now to some of you because you're not driving. Who in this room can drive legally? I'm going to add that. Like, you can drive legally. Okay, good, good, good. Here's a little quiz. Nice. Beatrice is still raising. Yes, I can drive and I can still drive. Okay. Pop quiz, okay? On an automatic gear shift, okay? On an automatic gear shift. What word comes first? Pernerndle. Prindle, okay? Prindle. Park, okay? What's next? Reverse. Neutral, drive, drive to, low, second gear, first gear, low, Perndle. Some of you are thinking about, uh, I think, Zach and Cody made that, yeah? The girl's learning how to drive and she's like, oh, I know what that is, that's the Perndle. And the guy's like, you mean like park, reverse, drive, neutral, so anyways, we won't go there too Here's what I want you guys to, to imagine tonight. When it comes to hearing God in the way that we saw earlier with Hannah up here, sometimes it's not just, do I hear God or do I not hear God? But to what degree do I hear God? There's different levels of hearing God. And so each of these we're going to talk about in a moment kind of speaks to the different ways that we hear God. Okay, so think about that shifter in each of those different gears I want you to connect to how we hear God sometimes. So here's the first one. You guys have your notes. Pull those babies out. Here's the first one. Park. Um, When you are in park, you are not moving. (laughs) Not moving. Okay? You're stagnant. Maybe you're going through the motions a little bit. Okay? I mean, when you're in park, you can turn on the car. You can get the radio set. You can buckle your seatbelt. Put the windows down. But ultimately... You're not really going anywhere. And so in our relationship with God, maybe it looks like this, that you sort of put your relationship with God in park and you're just kind of sitting there. Maybe you're bored and you're like, this is what it means to follow God. And I am just dying of boredom. And so we're going to talk tonight. Like, man, how do you, how do you get out of, of park? Because the reality is I think park sometimes looks like going through the motions of coming to church, right? Okay, you're in the car, you turn the key, you get in, put down the windows, put the seatbelt, come to church, raise my hands, listen to the speaker, go home. How was church? It was good. Going through the motions, but really not going anywhere. Okay? You're not really trying to put in the effort to listen to God. So that's the first one. Let's look at the second one. Reverse. You might know where this one is going, but reverse means you're dwelling on the past. Um, If you were to actually put a car in reverse, you're probably not going to go that way forward. You're going to go back, okay? At some degree, you're going back. And so when we do this spiritually, we look backwards. What mistakes have I made? And I'm just going to think about those. The circumstances you've been given, the hurt that you're not willing to let go of. And you find yourself thinking, like, because of all that stuff, I'm just not good enough. And when it comes to hearing God, if we're putting our relationship with God in reverse, that is not where he wants us to be. Not where he wants us to be. What else? Um, There's not just park, there's not just reverse. There is drive, okay? And if you're in drive, I want you to think about Elijah. Elijah wasn't just like worried and afraid and so he just put it in park and hung out. He ran, okay? He ran. And there's something about putting your relationship with God in drive that feels right. Like, God, you want me to go places, right? So I'm going to go. But drive kind of means that we run ahead of God. I don't know if you are familiar with the stories of Jesus, but when he walked with people, Jesus wasn't like that cool guy who doesn't want to be seen with all his friends at school. And so he walks up ahead of them like, guys, I'm going to get like 10 steps ahead of you and then you can start following me, right? No, no, no. Like Jesus wasn't like, you guys, I'll catch up. Like all out of breath, like, and then like everyone else is ahead and Jesus is dragging behind. Jesus was walking with people at the same pace, side by side, right there together. And in our relationship with God, we're not called to run up ahead. And we're not called to drag behind. Jesus wants us to just step by step right with him along the way. Here's the next one. 
low, okay? Park, reverse, drive, low. Low is this sort of illusion that you're waiting to hear God, but already you've made up your mind about what you want to do or where you want to go or what decision you're going to make. You know, in um, um, Megan and I were watching uh, Amazing Race the other day. You guys know about Amazing Race? Love it. Okay. Amazing Race is... Um, it's this great race around the world, and there's all these like checkpoints with challenges. And this one challenge was like this girl, um, was, she was married to a, a guy on the show, and they're going through this husband and wife, and she had to like rappel down this huge like wall. And so she gets up there and she clips in and she's starting to rappel, and she's moving at like this pace. And she only has like two minutes to complete this challenge. And so her competitive husband, okay, that would be me in this instance, like down on the lower level, like get it together he's like screaming at her and she's like i'm moving he's like you are moving but seriously and and like they lose the challenge okay like they lose because she wasn't going fast enough and when you put the car in low you are moving but there's the illusion that like well i'm not going that fast And, and so i think the way this looks in our relationship with god is like you know, maybe someone in your life says, hey, have you prayed about that? You're like, yeah, I'll pray about that. And it's kind of like telling someone, like, I'm not going to go anywhere. No, man, I'm right here. I'm right here. And you already started moving. Like, you're already going that direction. Maybe there's a guy you like and, you know, your friends are like, man, you should pray about it. Think about it. And you're like, yeah, I'll totally think about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to ask my friends in my small group. But like, you've already texted him like, I can't wait to be your girlfriend. You know, like, and you already are moving a certain direction. And, and here's the deal. Some of you are like, well, what decisions do I need to bring before God? I'm just going to ask you, like, what decisions should you not be bringing before God? God cares about your life, period. And so there's no decision too big or too small that you can't bring before God and that God wants to speak into. And so we need to avoid this illusion that, like, I'm listening to God and I'm waiting because it's easy to say that and then just kind of do what we want anyways. And so that's what low is all about. Let's look at this next one. And this is where God longs for us to be, okay? Neutral. Neutral is in a position where you're ready to hear and you're willing to act on what God is telling you because you can be moved. There's a willingness to be moved. This is the gear that God wants us to be in, okay? I don't want to oversimplify this, but I want us to kind of nuance it out a little bit because it's not just, am I hearing God or am I not hearing God? But you guys know this to be true. There's ways that we kind of pretend like we're hearing or you know say that we're hearing but we're not really and so maybe one of those connects with you but we just need to be reminded tonight that when we're in neutral we're telling god hey i just want to go where you would have me go i want to make the decision that you would have me make i want to have the attitude that you would have me feel and think and live with so hopefully you fill those babies out in your notes and keep them but um the natural question is like well how do i Put my life in neutral. And I want to give you guys a couple verses. We can't go through all of them. But here's the most important one in my mind of of all the verses we're going to talk about tonight. Here it is. Proverbs 3. And it's verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I want you guys to repeat this with me one more time. Okay? We're all going to read it together. One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All. All. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Eh, he might. If God's not over relieving himself, if God's not asleep, I just love that. I love that about the story, because what's built in, in that sort of mockery, is describing what the one true God really is like. My God doesn't need to need to pull over and take a pee break. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My, my God doesn't need to be like waking up like, Jesus, I need some stuff. Like, and even in the Bible, when Jesus is asleep and, and people think that he's not going to wake up and help them, he wakes up and he's like, oh, hey, storm, calm down. What's up? What'd you guys need? And it's just like no big deal. Like he had it under control the whole time. But anyways, that's just a whole nother talk. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 paints this picture. To move your life into neutral... You actually have to trust God. You have to trust that when God tells you to go, he knows why he's telling you to go. You have to trust that when God tells you to stay, he's asking you to stay for a reason. 
You have to trust that when God says wait, God's saying wait for a reason. And that is so much easier said than done. So much easier said than done. Jot this verse down, Luke 8, chapter 8 and verse 8. Now we can't, we're not going to look at it, but uh, it's about planting and uh, God talks about the certain kind of soil in our heart. And um, John 10, verse 27, maybe you would jot that one down too, a little flash on the screen. And then let's hang out on this one for a second, 1 John. So 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9. says this, But if we confess our sins to Him, Him is God. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. On your notes, we don't, we don't have this written in, but I want you just to write the word sin and then equals barricade. Barricade. Sin equals barricade. If you're driving on the road and, and you see a barricade, it's because you're not supposed to get through. And in your life and in my life, when we choose sin, we are essentially building a barricade to communication with God. Again, is God speaking? Yes. Does God want us to hear? Yes. But we've built up a wall when we choose sin. But here's the deal. When we are, are willing to confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. And some of you are like, man, I just don't know if I can trust God. And I want to point back to the story we just looked at. Elijah sinned, wasn't faithful, ran away from God blamed God and God in that moment forgave him cleansed him comforted him encouraged him but you guys just need to know that God's not going to force you to confess and God's not going to force you to to see that barricade and say that really is blocking my communication with you God and so tonight we want to make space for that but it doesn't need to be this okay you're not going to like turn to your neighbor and say here's my deepest darkest secret but there is going to be some conversation between you and, and two people around you. So you're going to be next to two people, and maybe they're right next to you, or maybe you need to go find them. But in just a second, no one's going to put up on the screen for us um, those, those words that we saw. Park, reverse, drive, low, neutral. Okay, And I want you guys just honestly to have this conversation with God first, and then with the person next to you. Where are you tonight? Where are you tonight? God showed up right where Elijah was and said, what are you doing here? And for him, here was one of those. And, and so tonight, maybe you would say, I kind of, man, if I'm honest, I feel like I am a little bit in reverse tonight. I am kind of looking back at all my mistakes and all the ways that I've blown it and all the ways that I've missed it and all these things I'm supposed to do as a good Christian that I just don't do. And so, is that it? And tonight you need to know that's not it. That doesn't have to be the end of the story. And so here's what we're going to do. The worship team is going to play. I don't want you guys to focus on them. Man, you know that in an environment of worship, something happens that uh, you don't even have to be singing the words and you can be worshiping. And the Bible says that when you confess, you're mending a relationship with God. And tonight, I just want to man, make room for us to mend our relationship with God. And part of that will just start by asking where we are right now. So with that in mind, as the team plays, um, I'm going to pr pray. And as soon as I'm done praying, would you find two people and just each of you share, this is where I'm at tonight. This is the spot that I'm in in my relationship with God. And why? Why am I focusing on the past? Why am I in low and making decisions but pretending it's God's way? And, and at the end, I'm just going to ask you guys to pray for each other, okay? So we're going to pray right now together. The worship team is going to play. And then after that, you're going to find two people and just have that conversation. So with every eye closed, let's pray together first as a group. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know where we are. And God, I don't just mean that you know where we are because we're in a church and we're in a building, but God, you know where we are emotionally tonight. 
God, it's no surprise to you that some of us are sitting in here and we feel like we're just in this black pit with no hope and there's no reason to even get up tomorrow because there's no, there's no way things are going to get better. God, it's no surprise to you that some of us are here and we feel so excited about what you're doing in our life. We're just amped, God, and we feel like you're listening and, and you're answering and things are the best they've ever been. That's not a surprise to you. But God, we also know that, that there's people here tonight who, um, Lord, if, if we're honest in our heart, we've been running from you. We know where you are and we don't want that right now. And so tonight, God, I'm praying and, and we're praying that you would, like you did with Elijah, would you just demonstrate your presence? God, would you show us who you are and what you're like? I believe that as we open up our hearts to you tonight, Lord, as we actually look at our life and say, that is a barricade, that sin is blocking my life from being in communication with you. God, that we would hear not a lecture, not ten reasons why we're wrong. Lord, we would hear that gentle whispering voice. And we'd be drawn to it, Lord. And we would come to you. God, I'm praying that that would be the story echoed across this room as we find one or two other people and just share, this is where I'm at tonight. Not so that we can brag, not so that we can pretend that we're better than someone else, but God, so that we can be healed and we can live the abundant life that you offered to us, Jesus. So in your name, we pray. Amen. Well, guys, um, as the team plays, now's your time. So I'm just going to ask that with you know, a spirit of just kind of honoring and respecting the people around you, you'd find one or two other people and use this time to ask, where am I? Okay, so the words for the songs aren't going to be on the screen. It's just going to be this. And would you have that conversation? Where am I and why? And would you pray together? And in just a few minutes, we'll be done.